Hello and welcome back to the Hansan cast with me, Emmett Lewis, and my glorious co-host, Mikhail Christiansen. How is it going, Mikhail? Uh, you should know I'm sitting in the same room as you. For I know, uh, you blow my surprise. What the hell is going on on the screen? I decided to... Uh, we've got a... Uh, anyway, tonight on the show we have Mikhail <laughs> okay, in the studio with me. He is visiting Ireland, so we're on this, and I'm playing for our amusement and to see if we can keep a straight face. People falling off milk crates. Oh, isn't that such <laughs> stupid shit that people... Oh, my God. I was like TikTok challenge. Oh. I've just seen it's a thing, but I didn't know what it was. Yeah, it's uh, just yeah, basically people... getting wrecked. ...hurting themselves for our amusement. Oh, like I just oh pulled a fuck. split across yeah. them. Ripping pieces. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Oh, that guy's back bent in a way that shouldn't bend. That's coming for me. Guys. Okay. This was that. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it didn't take long to get fucking distracted. Yeah, well, so yeah, I am in Ireland. And yeah. I arrived, was it yesterday? Yeah, I arrived yes. last night. So we I picked you up in the mist from like the side of the road randomly. Yeah, so so Emmet has basically moved into like the the countryside. So I jump off the bus that's just some like um, random place. There wasn't even the proper bus stop. And I'm just standing there. It's just one empty car on the side of the road. I'm like, hmm. Interesting. So when am I getting stabbed to death with like scissors? Um, Won't be scissors. You're in the countryside, so yeah. you know it's going to be pitchforks or like uh, a hedge trimmer or something. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, so. like pro- proper, proper Irish uh, resistance weapons. But uh, yeah, so we are now here, and uh, uh, yeah, what's going on? Uh, you asked me how it's going. Well, I'm only thinking about the. the T-Rex that I'm going to fold. <laughs> I found a new crease pattern today, which is absolutely absurd. So I'm thinking about the papers that I'm going to get and everything that's going to happen. But uh, yeah, I can't complain. Just came from the handstand extravaganza. Yeah. I was going to ask you to give us a bit of a review and a chat about what went down there. Yeah, review. 10 out of 10. Not very bad. Uh, <laughs> fuck. It was really cool, actually. Uh, I had a really blast of a time. So it's organized by a guy named uh, Samuele. I'm not going to try to say his last name because I don't actually remember. And I'll probably butcher it. Yeah. Italian. So it's a kind of convention happening in um, Sicily, in Italy. Uh, beautiful place. Uh, a ton of people basically gathering to do handstands. Uh, si- like a little bit similar to kind of juggling conventions or acro conventions and so on. Uh, but yeah, centering fully around handstands. So yeah. We were a bunch of teachers. It was me. It was uh, Mao Hara. It was uh, Elaine Brion, I think. Um, she is uh, a hand bouncer that graduated doc, and uh, she was officially uh, turned into a superhero that saved us from the storm um, when we <laughs> lived in the house. So I created a gigantic backstory of her being Thunder Girl uh, <laughs> because she closed some windows. <laughs> 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 and... Uh, well, yeah, and uh, Joey Martinio from, um, from 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 Portugal, and then there was uh, a Mongolian contortionist named Basca. I'm not gonna try her last name either because I can't remember that either. <laughs> I, pro- I would probably butcher that one too. Yeah, but yeah, so just uh, about eighty people in total doing handstands, uh, practicing in. Uh, yeah, close to the beach, wonderful location, just really great energy. And it was actually very nice to just re-experience this kind of like all the excitement about doing this thing, which is, I kind of still have some excitement, but not that type, not that like yeah. intense, oh, this is new, this is amazing kind of vibe. But it, in the end, it ended up like it was actually really beautiful and really 
nice to just like be there and hang out for a long time and in, in the end like didn't really feel that much as like a teacher and it was more just like i made a bunch of friends and yeah that's just so much more rewarding than just like being like oh yeah you're this guy that can do things and then everyone is like kind of it just becomes this weird hierarchy and that, yeah. that just like it just felt mel- melted away very quickly and it was yeah, really fucking nice yeah i think this is kind of some of the events that it's great to see this type of event coming into the handstand community because like we do workshops we do seminars and other stuff and they're kind of based on a topic like it we're there to transmit and teach knowledge whereas these style of conventions that they happen in the juggling world where like mm. and they have done for a very long time where it's like oh you go in there will legitimately be the best people that there has ever been in a certain topic discipline or something teaching workshops and then afterwards they're just hanging out getting drunk at the bar or not drinking or <laughs> passing things or learning off someone else who is you know and then there's kind of space for that kind of teaching format i think which is yeah. kind of just very nice where it's like oh one for teachers make us as like oh you can just go hang out and you know it's not like out on a pedestal yeah. obviously you're there to teach as well a little but yeah, at the same sure. time it's like everyone is there to learn and this is kind of like a step forward and i do hope to see much more of these events sort of yeah popping yeah. up over the next few years and i also think it's really good in terms of <clears throat> because in many of these kind of i guess like the teacher student uh sort of relationship it it does have an unevenness to a degree always yeah. uh which isn't necessarily a bad thing because uh, yeah you are learning from someone who knows something and then you want to hear what that person has to say but also being able to kind of blur those lines and make them disappear, I think is really important because in the end, we're just people who are interested in the same topic. And that's really what this convention really conveyed. Yeah. And, just be, it, what, and actually what it became naturally, and that's what I found the, the nicest, that like, it just, uh, it just wa- was that kind of environment. Uh, and I think it's also important since like in, I mean, within also what we do and a yeah. lot of people do, it becomes our business, it becomes our profession and a way to, to make a living. And, like within here, you're kind of you're changing a little bit of the environment, and like in any kind of like guru esque vibes would just like kind of fade away, and just a bunch of people enjoying themselves, and it was just really fucking nice. And you had like some of the musicians from this really awesome band called the Freestyle or- Orchestra. They were also doing handstands. They were actually pretty damn pay- capable physical people. Yeah. One guy doing straps, a couple of them being capable at fire. Everyone, all, every yeah. one of them doing handstands and stuff. So it was like, damn, all, all these people with all these various interests to just <clears throat> become really interesting to meet them as people. And then you see like, oh yeah, some people, some guys, like a computer scientist and another was one is like studying very other kind of nerdy things. And yeah, like getting to actually know people was just such a kind of blast, uh, blast there. So very kind of exhausted but it like really kind of yeah. hung over in that kind of like holy fuck i've just been in that like an amazing place and just need to process everything yeah and like you're already nostalgic and day one then you, that's <laughs> when you know that like yeah this was this was a special time so yeah now here in uh, ireland with uh you and uh, albus dumbledog so yeah it's been an introduction of the day <laughs> <laughs> arrived in late at night and our dog uh anyone has a young dog will probably know your dog kind of goes a bit nuts before bedtime so Mikael arrived right into uh, the dog going nuts, and yeah, it was pretty well. I have to say, it was pretty well behaved. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, dog problem one hundred and one. A lot of times, your puppy can't control his bladder when he needs new people and gets excited and wants to jump up on them while peeing on them. <laughs> Thankfully, we've got past that. We've got yeah, didn't do that better. Yeah, we've got better. Like it's gone for a month or two, but uh, it's definitely one of these things they don't tell you about dogs. It's just kind of like it's a surprise. This is going to happen. 
<laughs> and then it's like, oh, your dog is very friendly. That's great. And people want to pet him, but oh no, yeah. your dog is now peeing on that lady's show. <laughs> Speaking of which, I'm not sure I should say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Our dog peed on another dog's face. On who? So we were like, this is the even funnier thing. We were like, we were just, uh, if people have been listening to my other podcasts, we were just finishing wrapping up on some of Project X. And uh, we were just hanging out and doing a bit of parkour, oddly enough, on a pier in Dunleary in part of Dublin. We also had Albus with us. And we were making friends with some other dogs and some Samoyed, some big fluffy kind of Samoyed dog comes along. And they make friends, they kind of start sniffing and start going to pay. And then the owner of the dog goes like, oh, he's about to hump, I think. And she's distracted waiting for the dog to start humping Albus because he's like a bit bigger. He's probably a year and a half old. So he's like... Mm. A good bit bigger than Albus But then while she was distracted seeing that Albus just like cocked his leg and peed on the dog's face <laughs> And then the dog tried to hump him <laughs> So then I think like I think there was you know There was something there yeah. you, know, I'm, you know Both into weird shit Yeah alternative lifestyles you know It's fine it's fine It's <laughs> If they're into it it's not a problem I won't judge my baby but you know Yeah so That's uh, Albus fun yeah, lately yeah. But again, we uh, topics, don't we? Like, do we, we have a topic tonight? I think we should just do a pure ramble. Is it, is it, like, I nah. mean, if, if, if it is the <laughs> then we could just continue rambling. Nah. No, no, no. We have a topic which we decided on years ago and forged ahead. We're going to talk a bit about innate talent this evening. And I think it's one of these things that's like it's... Elephant in a room, yeah? Yeah, it's kind of... It's one of these things where it's like it's... Obviously, there is people who are just genetically better at things or have something that lends them, predisposes them to be better at things. It's like you're just not going to find a five-foot basketball player in the NBA. Or if you do, they will be a freak in some way, shape, yeah. or form. Then they'll have another insane talent. Yeah, kind of- that kind of thing. I, mean, you know, I know there is like there has been in the past, but as an average, there is an average kind of phenotype mm-hmm. that goes towards any success and a skill. But then at the same time, I do think the innate talent thing also just gets used as an excuse or a way to dismiss someone, I suppose, or dismiss someone's achievements. Yeah, yeah, it does. And I guess on the other side, too, um, <clears throat> like there is a large um, or we don't we don't like I think as a culture. Uh, a lot of people don't like the idea of talent because we're very committed to the idea of equality and that people are capable of the same things, which I do think there is a lot of value to. And yeah. as an on average, yes, that is a that is a good starting point because again, you do not know exactly who will get good, and you you might have people who just find some sort of another kind of entry point, even that then circumvents the entire regular way of doing it quote unquote and that can then kind of maybe can be seen as their talent and whatnot but i do think it's a really important topic to talk about because it it exists and it's better to just assume that yeah there, it it happens that some people are prodigies at things or learn things faster than others and we cannot exactly know why and i've seen that many 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 times through all my training years people training like with you could basically just mathematically in terms of the days they have been involved in it versus me they have spent less than half the time of training than i have and they are way ahead yeah and it happens it it is it is a it is a completely normal thing and you'd see this on low level and mid level and on a very high level 
and yeah like it 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 will be it will be a factor and usually it's a factor that like starts mattering much more on kind of towards the end of the spectrum but uh and and at the same time it's it's one that we shouldn't kind of bother ourselves emotionally with too much i think yeah. because that that just it's it isn't a good um direction to take in terms of practicalities but we also need to remember it well it it is it is a part of the equation basically yeah it is just like this is the kind of thing it's like talent can display itself in very different ways as well which is what we have to think about is like i've had people who i've had people on the talent spectrum of all levels where like i've had some one of the say the most talented person that i've trained their initial progress and their initial handstand training was not great it only their talent only shown when they got to the advanced level techniques and then they kind of took off ahead Whereas at the same time, you've had people or have had people where it's like, with no no discernible physical strength background or flexibility thing, come in and like learn a handstand in like a nice straight handstand in six weeks and 10 weeks and that kind of thing of like two, you know, 15, 20 seconds and a minute follows very quickly. You're like, oh, this person's very talented. Mm. But then their progress flatlines around there. And then, you know, in a year's time, there's not a, thing because there's kind of like there's that there's that kind of thing of like sometimes innate talent just lets it's like a cheat code for a video game it just lets you finish the game faster yeah. but you're still playing the same game you still get to the same end point whereas sometimes talent allows you to go beyond the specs of the game mm. and that's where things get a bit interesting yeah it's, it's true because it can both lead you to to yeah, great lengths within what you do but it can also just make you like oh well yeah this wasn't actually that interesting and you yeah. just you like by the time you achieve something and well like the 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 kind of struggle versus um uh, reward calculation basically just isn't it just doesn't give you enough and i think this is an a very important one uh, i don't remember who it was that said so but i remember reading something at some point that like uh, a very fundamental component of what makes people enjoy or stay invested and interested in things is problem solving yeah. and a complicated problem that you then requires more of your focus more of your determination to solve is something that will in general be rewarded better and of course there's neurological or I, like there's a neurological basis to that um but uh, the fact that like if if they are easy to solve then it might not be as as interesting in a way to to actually solve them and i think i've, I've seen that in a couple of times with myself that or for example if i look at origami which is uh, <laughs> just something i've done for such a long time i don't really have a reference point of not being able to po fold pretty well um like i barely ever fail a model like I'm, i might not fold them as as the absolute optimal uh they could be folded but i rarely rarely fail and it, it kind of i just take it for granted like even the t-rex thing yeah. I'm looking at that, i take it for granted that it's going to work i get surprised if it doesn't uh just because of the insane like i've been folding for 30 years so my fingers don't have no memory of not being able to do it so this isn't isn't like i think talent can also show like, like show itself in that way just something that you have done for so long that it it becomes a little bit taken for granted and that is not to say that like I have a specific predisposition to paper folding or that kind of problem solving, <laughs> but 
in that case, I've done something for so long that the effects become similar. Yeah. Like if you start at 20 years old with origami and you just like you solve everything really quick and within two years you're doing mega complex stuff that I know people that have been like that, like 19 year olds that just started a few years ago and they are already designing mental things. It happens. But like with origami, for example, I, of course I find it nice and rewarding when I do things, but it isn't the same. It's just kind of like, oh yeah, that was nice. And then I put it down and I'm done because I kind of knew it would work in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it, it sounds it sounds stupid and sounds a bit arrogant when I say it like this, but it, it really just becomes this kind of thing that, oh yeah, I have done this for such a long time that uh, you know you will solve the problems that you encounter on the way most of the time. Um, yeah. So. It almost kind of like when I see you do origami, it almost compared to like making a sweater with knitting yeah, or something. It's much. like, you know all the stitches, you yeah. know the pattern. Yeah. You just then it's just something you do. Yeah. Exactly. And it's like, it's kind of, it's it's funny like when people were talking like because we were talking about origami on the convention i would actually <laughs> describe it like that yeah it's yeah. something you do yeah it takes a long time but it's just something you just sit down and then you puzzle with it and then it works while like hand balancing for me like yes i learned it reasonably quickly but then i started i started gearing myself towards stuff which was very challenging for me yeah and i spent a long time on and then then that kind of come becomes a long large part of the obsession sort of yeah and there's definitely like that kind of thing with uh, you kind of yeah. I said I was going to get this phrase into this podcast. So I'm going to use it now. <laughs> the grind set. Yes. And I think like this is the kind of thing like there can be an innate degree of talent by being sheer, just like what do you call it, pig-headed and stubborn yeah. and just sticking with something. For sure. And that's definitely like one of the things I've seen over the years of just like people who just. They're talented, not because they have any physical capability beyond a sort of average person, or they have, you know, flexibility or anything. It's just because, like, they can literally just turn up day in, day out, yeah, and chip away at the problem of learning to get good yeah. at handstands, yeah, they all the way up thing. They just go, they just go, and like a good example of this actually is Ulrich. Mm. You know, yeah, I've, sure. I've seen Ulrich when he first started training with you, and kind of I've always kept thinking, and it's just like I always just admired. He just kept going, yeah. He just keeps going. He just yeah. keeps going. He just keeps getting better. Yeah. And he kind of like chips away at it. And like, you know, when he started, when I first seen him, like his straddle was like 45 degrees. Yeah, now his lines are really nice. Yeah, exactly. As his back has gotten really, but you know, and he just kind of chipped away at it. Mm. And that's kind of interesting. Whereas you look at him now, people are like, oh, he'd be very talented on his hands. And then yeah. I was like, well, he literally just has a grind set. Yeah. And I've seen other people like that. Mm. And it's just like, you know, in multiple different disciplines, like other stuff, mm. like it's, juggling. It's, a, it's, it's actually an interesting... Yeah comparison if you compare like flexibility wise me and him yeah like i perhaps had it a little bit too easy on being just about flexible enough to get away with things yeah and having other strengths which just led me to kind of neglect flexibility and he was just like no i'm going to fucking get good at this and he yeah he, he has stuck with it to this day through all of the years and i kind of constantly just find excuses to not stretch <laughs> <laughs> That's because so, you haven't got a grind set, my yeah, friend. Yeah, exactly. And my grind set is just like I invested my skill points to, or too many of my skill points on other things, and now it takes too long to level up. God damn it! I need, <laughs> I need, I need some respec points. Helgi, can you get me some orbs of regret, please? Orbs of regret. <laughs> orbs of infinite yeah. splits. I'll, I'll I'll trade you like I don't know. Let's say fifty. If you give me fifty orbs of regret for like an exalt or something, that's a good deal. Uh, anyway, um, over to to talent again. Um, I think that, um, yeah, in, in terms of this, also there's the cultural 
thing around talent that it's it can be yeah. hard to talk about sometimes because of this um this wish perhaps of people being equal uh, and i it again it's a very good starting point just because we one we cannot know and two uh it's better to allow people to to try from a common ground and then let people make the decisions themselves on whether or not they would want to go further not depending on oh yeah you you are inherently good enough and you're allowed to continue i assume that happens a lot in sports since like in since sports does have to have kind of a cutoff that comes yeah. with competition and and winning and stuff like that but in terms of like the personal uh practice and enjoyment of such like the talent is perhaps um le- i think it i think for the actual enjoyment i think it is less relevant to a large degree because i know people who are practicing on levels which are n- like even not as far as they might even be able to push it but they're just like they're content and they they like what they do where they're at and i think that's fine and then you have the others again who just have these omega talents and then as they reach kind of the peak and there st- starts to be less to achieve like like let's say just in athletic achievement like you you reached kind of the big move that you always wanted and it wasn't that hard and you feel proud and you feel achievement and all that but then like where where are you supposed to go next because you can you can only get worse in a sense unless you spend all that grinding to keep and to keep and to keep but you know that to the next level there is going to be like six billion experience points so you're not you're not gonna (laughs) you're not gonna bother and then i think it it easily happens that yeah okay i got there i was cool but like let's let's see if there are other things around here that might be interesting to do as well rather than only following down this this one specific path in a sense yeah i think that it does kind of sum up and kind of like describes the burnout phenomenon that a lot of people experience Mm with a skill it's kind of one of these things i've noticed as well like i've been coaching very long time at this stage and i tend to see that people have like about a three-year limit with most things before they change to something else Mm. and it is kind of like there is only so long you can hold your interest and obviously like when you're in a say say a a sporting situation because then a more structured training environment where you start at kind of like 12 13 and kind of work your way up well every like three or four years you're changing school and team so you're getting a new kind of uh boost i suppose mm. but then eventually kind of what happens is uh especially in specialized activities is if they specialize too young then people experience burnout when they get to about 18 to 20 mm. and then coming back from burnout is a uh, it can be a rare thing like this is the kind of thing like there could be very talented athletes what would be lost so, like they'll have some kind of level of achievement oh you made like most people when they hit college like scholarship level mm. is particularly in the states that kind of level where yeah they could push to the next level or maybe not maybe that's just their hard limit it's just like college level you know using sort of american university terms here is it and won't be able to go pro mm. but then it's like oh i've just you know i spent all this time doing this and now we just have to cruise and get it through it and then never yeah. do the thing again yeah i was thinking of that also after i uh yeah, I mean, we mentioned the Simone Biles thing uh, yeah. on the previous podcast. But I, li- I listened to actually another another podcast when I was driving about like <clears throat> it was basically Norwegian gymnasts talking about everything she was going through and stuff. And I was really thinking about that when I because there was an interviews with with Simone and stuff, and she was just saying this that like uh, of course all all the insane beating that her body has and, and like the coaches when they first saw her when she was like a, a kid they just saw that like. She just gets it like this, yeah. this child is just understanding something in the air that most kids don't get this age 
and but but the fact that like uh, imagine all that training, all of that like insane like yeah, b- both pressure and and work that you do, and then you're like you're about twenty like yeah, how what she's twenty four, and like it totally makes sense in a sense that like she would sort of stop at this point. I mean, she knows that she's one of the biggest talents of all time, but like the imagine the extra sacrifice for her now if she would want to like go for another olympics which is kind of yeah. like that, that's that's the that's the peak achievement that is the one thing that she can kind of like prove herself again on and there is like uh, of course she could kind of do a comeback and win but like the margins are so small it's so hard and she had to have to to train for four another years just yeah. to do that and she need need to stay uninjured and perhaps even get better and all of that and it's just like it's it's funny to think about that like within what we're doing now, of course, it's not even close uh, level wise to anything that that she's ever done. Yeah. But at the same time, like, okay, I'm 37 and I f- still feel I can push it a bit. And she's like, okay, I'm 24, and it's like this is it's starting to be over uh, for yeah. for that like peak 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 level. And I think it's it's also important to remember that <clears throat> it is at those levels where you will see the largest kind of cutoff for. Or where, where talent starts dictating. I think I mentioned it before yeah. in the podcast as well. What what Yuval Ayalon once said to me when he was competing against Vitali Sherbo in like in back in like old school or older gymnastic days, and he said like, so yeah, we we all had probably the same amount of training hours in the gym because like we were all professionals and competing, but like no one stood stood a chance. Yeah. He just came there, came there, cracked his neck, and won the entire thing, whereas <laughs> everyone else was kind of prepping and like trying trying as hard as they could. And then you just have someone who's just who just has it. Yeah. And I think that seeing it also in hand balancing and like if we bring it back to kind of the kind of the talents that are required or like not required, but things that would would help you in a sense. I mean, we, we need to talk about uh, things such as like, yes, good strength to weight ratio. Are you are you light? Are you small? Etc. Like these yeah. things start 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 mattering, and you'll see that like in like sport acro, for example, all those people crush all hand balancers in terms of raw technical skill. And if you are a high level sport acrobat, you you're likely uh, chosen for that role because of your body structure being yeah. you're small, so it means you have less weight to lift, and. There is also where it annoys me and where I'm happy that hand balancing doesn't need to have this kind of sport approach where there are these very slim criteria where, okay, you you either need to be the best in a certain way or you have no nothing to give. Uh, Because then you're basically, you're you're cutting out like 90, 95% of people because, oh yeah, you just don't have to have the body type. You just go home. It's it's really important to remember that this only starts happening towards those very peak skills that very few are even going to bother training for. And I think that's the big deal. 99% of people would be happy at a level which is way lower than like what those mega monsters that have like all of the op- optimal proportions yeah. and training time and all of that so yeah yeah it's also like this kind of thing like talent is good and all but the issue with talent is like to really make talent work is you actually need a team of people behind someone mm, to actually true. get the talent to show like if we look at you know we don't really have this in hand balance we do a bit like in circus schools like mm-hmm. there is a team of people in circus school who will take this raw talented person who can like let's say hand balance talent applies to circus school can possibly do one arm and then 
take them through that whole journey and turn them into a circus artist. And then, oh, maybe they're talented by circus standards. Maybe not. But it's the same thing in sports. Like, you know, you've identified a potential child prodigy at a certain sport. They will be corralled and disciplined in certain ways. They will have, depending on the sports infrastructure of your country, obviously, they, but they will kind of have like coaches, senior level coaches, national coaches, personal coach, access to physios, access to sports psychologists, access to specialist coaches, funding, all these kind of things that takes to actually make that talent. Yeah, it gets reaches potential. Mm. And that's the kind of thing what I always find interesting is like we always kind of ascribe, you know, uh, Usain Bolt is talented. Obviously, he's very talented and the fastest thing has ever been. But the whole Jamaican sports infrastructure is basically geared towards track and field. If he was born in, say, Ireland, which, Mm. you know, we have good middle distance running and stuff like that, but we don't have good sprinting infrastructure. We we have coaches and we have things, but... It's not a big sport over here compared to some of the other sports. So you'd have this person who could run very fast at his age, but he probably wouldn't be the fastest man that's ever been. Yeah. And that's kind of one of the interesting things I find about talent as well. It's just like, oh, you know, the fish out of water idea as well. It's like, oh, you could be, you, you could have someone who's like the greatest build to do handstands ever. And they want, they could be the best that's ever been, but instead they wanted to play chess. Yeah. And then it's like, well, then and I'm just not that good at chess because the hand balance mind doesn't go with the chess. Mm. Whatever I'm speaking nonsense, yeah. obviously. But it, it, it's interesting but, uh, what yeah. you said there. With uh, yeah, I started immediately associating to the uh, to the Norwegian uh, skiing teams, uh, yeah. cross country and stuff, because I mean, there's many like not at all points in history, but like at, during several years, there has been basically been said, and there was a Polish female uh, champion who said that like yeah, there's very little point competing. Um, in cross-country skiing for women because, like, the Norwegian championships has a much higher level than the uh, world championships, she said. Yeah. Uh, because all of the all of the um, competitors are just absolute mutants because Norway has such good infrastructure for skiing, so you get so many high-level talents out there because everyone skis from when they're small and then it's funneled in into... or the people that are good gets funneled into competing and then the f- funding is good and so on and so on and you'd have this on both kind of the male and female um uh fronts where you just have like ridiculous levels um and yeah it, it comes a lot down to the fact that it is possible to cultivate those talents then to, yeah. to the ultimate degree and um yeah it's 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 kind of a difficult um like it is a difficult word because it means many things. It can mean this kind of like fast learner that starts quickly and just gets kind of to a mid-level quickly. It can be mean the one that starts and learns quickly all the way. It can mean the one that you talked about that just kind of average for a while and ramps out of like just to the moon and back just yeah. very quickly at a certain point. So all of these things um, make it kind of hard to define, but it is important still to remember that mostly most people can access most things uh given time and perseverance and like i'm i'm also a little i'm i'm really kind of how to say uh i'm i'm so utterly bored by this classic cliche that you can do anything you achieve yeah. anything you want but there is a lot of the reason it's a cliche is because there's a lot of truth to it like to to the biggest degree you have you have the you have the ability at least to to, to shape uh, from where you're at uh, and forwards. And I think ultimately uh, what also matters in terms of yeah, perseverance and, and 
keeping your interest, keeping your kind of passion for it and so on. That has a lot to do with just the kind of enjoyment factor too, which and I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to say that uh, enjoying it only has to do with enjoying it. Like, of course, achievement will impact that. Like if you feel that you're constantly in an uphill battle, it's going to get annoying after a while. And like that, getting that kind of payoff or that kind of reward yeah. for it as, as the problem solving thing you talked about. Like if, if that just seems to be too far in between, it's going to be, be, be rough to continue for some people. And, and it's, it's true. It's, it's not fair and that sucks, but again, uh, with, uh, the proper knowledge with, um, um, the proper focus, I think that like most of those factors can be mitigated at least to the degree that like we're able to, to, to get somewhere. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that's kind of what I'm touching on one of the things is like how, like we could make the assumption rather than say, rather than say I'm talented and you're not talented or I have a talent that everybody has a talent or an area in hand balance that actually be very good at mm. but how do we keep them interested long enough to actually explore that talent because mm. like, we can look and say like oh let's say my fantasy was to do swetchka mm. and just do a four minute swetchka <laughs> and I was super bendy and super bendy my back so my talent would be actually contortion, but I want the swetchka. And then how do we get to the point where it's like, well, you get a bit of a taste of the swetchka, but then you mm. uh, your talent is actually in this direction. Mm. Like that kind of thing is quite interesting because it's like, you know, as far as I'm concerned with most people, like an average frame, I can like, I'm very confident to say like with an average frame and enough timing training and enough kind of, strength and dietary interventions we can get most people to like a figa kind of level of one arms yeah i and, yeah i, I think know, so you know and some people will be very quick some people will take longer but you know i think it can be got there if the people sweat to it which is a very high level yeah for most people and that would be like a very impressive level to any audience yeah but then it's like oh what's my what's my superpower that's what i always like to kind of ask people it's like mm. what do you want your superpower to be and you know what is it really mm. you know this kind of thing is like oh you know it's kind of what area do you think you excel in or do you want to excel in this mm. is the other thing is like oh once i've learned like to play the scales you know then what what sort of music do i want to make mm. and that kind of thing can be very interesting because it's like oh someone could appear talented by i don't know they can let's say they can't do high level skills but they can string loads of very interesting shapes together mm. that maybe aren't focused on strength and other stuff but then it's you know they have a talent for expressing themselves yeah. on their hands yeah it makes me think of yeah. uh, makes me think of a guy like the guy i was uh, training with in circus school kim um i mean he was a he was very good on handstands like he he was like me and him were like basically equal level for almost all of circus school or all of it really but uh he his his level of interest and his kind of his yeah also talent like his he had like an hilarious kind of expressive clowny uh, weird side that he he went all out on and kind of he left his handstands behind to a large degree he still performs a bit of it but like his talent was just like blowing off into these absurd dimensions that you could never even think of and actually making very interesting and funny performative material from it and that was really cool to see that like he combined a lot of the handstand stuff into that but i think 
he saw, I mean, because he was a very talented hand balancer, but I did think that also he saw that like his interest was kind of yeah. in another direction. And it, it is it is an interesting like discussion there because like this, you might be talented at something, but interested in another. It makes me think of my first cor- coach, Corey, when, because he was taken to ENC uh, doing straps because he had been a ring gymnast. Like, yeah. so obviously he would make a kick-ass straps artist, but he just, he, he wasn't interested in straps. He wanted to do hand balancing. So he was kind of fighting the school to be allowed to do hand balancing. And he became a good hand balancer, but like he could probably have been a, like a better straps artist um, if kind of following what was his then uh, yeah. best predisposition. Uh, but it, it's also that thing that, okay, yeah, so you might see that, okay, yeah, I do have some difficulties learning this thing, or like it might be kind of the, uh, I'm choosing the hard path. Again, perhaps because of this problem solving and because of your grind set, maybe, yeah. maybe you're just like, fuck you. I don't, I don't want to follow this talent. I really just want to, I want to do this thing, even even though it's hard for me. And that can be, that can pay off very, very much, but it, it can also like. Um, it can pay off and keep you interested in it long yeah. enough. Yeah, it, it exactly. It it can and it can also be be a hard hard journey. I mean, thinking of of back on kind of my power move days of breaking, I I wish I could know what those would be like if I had some actual methodology because I think a lot of it was stopped by just being a kid who didn't know jack shit about actually training. Didn't we like I didn't stretch, train power yeah. moves, and I didn't stretch what an idiot. But that's we we, we were kids. We had no idea. Um, Oh, even though we understood, yeah, it's good to have splits. You didn't actually bother doing it. <laughs> uh, so, but at the same time, like I kind of like I I felt I I never got to where I wanted with it, even though like I put in an insane amount of energy on it, and it was kind of always like a little bit of a thorn in my side. Like, okay, damn, yeah, I didn't actually get to where I was. But then you kind of, of course, also make make peace with it as you get older. And like I got other things that I was more interested or like I kept my interest or kind of shifted it and then hand balancing became kind of a thing where where it maybe basically intersected between what I was kind of good at and um what I liked doing um and like I remember there was this one thing I used to think about a lot when I was 14 um and that like it just struck me now that like I like um I'd rather kind of spend my, uh, no, fuck, I actually forgot <laughs> what I was going to say. Because <laughs> I remembered another quote and then like they both confused in my mind. Forget about it. <laughs> Very long setup for nothing. Brilliant. Sounds like Moses' podcast. Yeah. Very long setup <laughs> for the end titles. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And then like it just ends up with a non-conclusion and some maybes and possibly. And yeah, that's uh, thanks for listening to the podcast. Yeah. Let's uh, quickly look at some Mil Kate challenges. Oh, she's on the beach and she's flown. Holy fuck! Yeah, but okay. So, so this guy playing so, a guitar so, in the so, 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 so this thing. Okay, they actually. <laughs> eat it. Oh my fuck! But is is the okay? So is this like the thing? I've seen some memes about this, but I didn't yeah. know it was like an actual thing that people like fisted themselves over. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They, they are okay. He wasn't eating it that uh, bad though. But okay, he got wrecked. Fuck. Yeah. This is a. Uh, yeah, let's so, pause them before we go on to the podcast. <laughs> There's a quick one minute interlude. I was watching milk crate challenges. Imagine like your talent wasn't actually hand balance, but it was milk crate talent challenge. Like this is the kind of thing. Just going back to weird talents and other stuff is like if we think of the history and the origins of circus, sideshow, and other stuff. It was someone discovered they had a weird talent and that people were willing to pay twenty five cents to look at it. Yeah, that's true. Like 
that kind of thing of like Monsieur Mange too, the guy who can eat everything. Mm. And he would just eat a plane and people would watch to pay to watch him eat metal yeah. and small children and other stuff. And the same with like I don't know if you've ever seen these guys who could stick metal to their skin. And no. they say they they claim it was kind of runs in a family and they originally they were saying they were able to control magnetism. But then it turns out they just have like very sticky sweat mm-hmm. that is very like <laughs> viscous, but they can stick things to themselves. Mm-hmm. Like irons and ironing boards and other shit. And like this is their talent. Mm. And they're like put on this planet to like charge us twenty five cents to look at it. This is you know, going back to the old days of sideshows <laughs> when it's twenty five twenty five cents to look in. It's probably more than that now. It's probably like a euro or something. <laughs> and like this kind of thing. But then people would be like they'd be able to find these weird things they could do and make something of it. I think mm. that's kinda like very cool. It's like, oh obviously we're into hand balance and other things, but like there's these innate weird talents. Mm. And I kinda like yeah I kind of like just whenever I host Renegade shows and other stuff I always have a section on the show where I invite people up to show us their weird body thing mm. and I just want to see weird things people's bodies can do mm. and you know it's just completely open stage and like some of the like things people have shown mm. are like just unreal like someone who had 180 degrees of internal rotation of their hip so they can Whoa. sit down and rotate their hip Fuck. boom and they can do boat legs oh, shit and like you know this kind of thing is like oh this talent like back in the day look at the man with the backward legs 25 cents mm. and now obviously it's a genetic component but like it's no less valid than like my oxygen whatever absorbs the oxygen from my lungs can do it faster so mm. I can run further than anyone else yeah. it's literally that same kind of like talent all that person needs instead of like a coach and a sport to work on they just need like a P.T. Barnum type figure like me who will come along and go like <laughs> see the man with the backward legs and <laughs> kind of call it out and holler it up and get the people in and it's just like that it's like talent like you can have a talent but then you also need someone to shout about you having talent because otherwise you just get on with your thing yeah and that's kind of thing is like it's very rare that people will come to me and say I'm very talented at this mm. but other people will tell me this person is very talented yeah. at it and that is true it's always like talent is usually dictated by the others yeah rather than by yourself that's, that's actually a good point it's, it's rare that you kind of even view what you can do as talent yeah like it's just like oh yeah i just do this thing and then um i think like others i think particularly depending on uh whether or not what you can do is kind of considered to be socially valuable in any given form yeah. like okay yeah you're like check out you're very flexible for example because like that is that is something that is desirable in in some in some capacity uh, yeah <clears throat> yeah i think that point i didn't actually think i was going to get to that point but i think that point of talented being dictated by the others is kind of interesting because from someone's lived experience of just doing something i just done it and i got better mm. Exactly. Just, you know, oh, that, that's like what I yeah. said, said with the origami thing. I just did it and then I got better. And then, okay, yeah, you don't even consider it. Yeah. And then it's like, you know, it can be a humble thing where people just go like, oh, just I just don't know. I just do my thing and I got better. And then, there's, you know, there could be a humble brag of like, oh, you know, oh, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's maybe not even a humble brag, but there is kind of like, you know, people who don't recognize that they're talented mm. or are unwilling to take it when they're like legitimately the best has ever been at something or yeah. one of the top. So that's kind of it. But then there's also people who are like, take that praise and become egotistical. Mm. And they're the ones who kind of like, oh, you know, 
it's one of the things you always hear about like a lot of the top champions and the top sportsmen and everything is like they always kept it humble they always kept it real mm. they didn't let it go to their head yeah and that is one of the dangers like in rock music if you let it go to your head then your music ends up shit yeah yeah but and I, I, of course there is a there is a a sad uh, <clears throat> correlation there also between being really fucking good at things and then just kind of like becoming cocky yeah. from it and I think I think that kind of is perhaps a phase that many who get really good kind of go through uh, and hopefully uh, most people kind of exit that uh, and kind of chill the fuck out because uh, in at the end of the day you just being good at something is like it it doesn't last actually like when I was in in, in the convention like Mao said something Mao Hara said something really fucking good we were discussing like really hard tricks and stuff and he said that like yeah but you know I don't even consider that I own this trick I'm just renting it he said and I was like <laughs> bam that is some that is some shit right there that, that is fucking true you're just renting it it's it's it, it's a good way of viewing it and a much yeah. more kind of humble um perspective even from, from someone as like amazingly good as he is so uh I think Remember, remembering that, like, <laughs> remember, you're just here to rent stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, it, so it, the economy it, at it, the it's moment. An, it's an extremely millennial <laughs> thing. You're only here to rent for fucking ever. <laughs> because you're thing? never going to afford. Buying you will never not own anything, and you will be happy because you enjoy paying rent. <laughs> Your talent is only rented. Exactly, and like, it, like it's it's subliminally communicated through you in every YouTube video. You love renting. Just like, what was that movie? Have you seen? Have you seen Rent, They Live? The movie? They Live. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, like that one with that. Like they put on the glasses and then they they see that like on all the posters of commercials in the city, it just says "Obey, Obey, Obey" instead of actual commercials. Yeah, that's a pretty good movie. Yeah, it's pretty good. Remember. But like that's that's the best thing about the movie is that fucking fighting scene in the parking lot, which lasts way too long and has nothing to do with the plot. <laughs> Priceless. Uh, yeah. I think we'll leave good, it with that good, good a fighting a good ending. Yeah, uh, other than that, yeah, it's good to have Mikhail in person. Oh, by the way, what? one of my proper talents is like the extreme resilience I have to to do all those shitty movies. I I can just take. Yeah, it. that's literally a talent. I can just take it. You're a talented movie watcher. Yeah, or like I I, I have a high high pain tolerance when it high pain tolerance, high pain tolerance. It could come in handy in other ways. <clears throat> good. Sign up for dating with Mikhail. Find out. <laughs> 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 okay, I'll roll the credits oh, yes. before this gets grimmer. Yeah. Yes. The Handstand Cast is brought to you by Handstand Factory and is produced by Motion Impulse. Thanks for tuning in. You can find a full transcript of each episode along with the show notes and any relevant references on handstandfactory.com slash podcast. Thanks to Isaac for editing and Jordan for transcriptions. Music by Daniel Horworth. If you want to support the show, you can buy us a coffee on buymeacoffee.com or consider starting one of our Handstand Factory online programs. Links are in the show notes.